Welcome to the Dotzone 9000. I'm TV Shot Maybe from the Internet, and this is the official podcast of 1900hotdog.com. And with me is the illustrious Robert the Barbarian Brockway with a Brockway fact. Oh, here's a fact. <laughs> the whole show. Ow. Wow, just, I had nothing. <laughs> I ran right out of gas on that one. All right, uh, Brockway fact. Uh, I can catch a hummingbird with my bare hands. I can prove it, but no follow-up questions. Shit. I feel like the follow-up question would just be proving it. Are we allowed to have follow-up discussions? Like, to, when we take in the facts? You can have follow-up discussions a- amongst yourselves, but I will not comment. Fair enough. Well, with us is our own Lydia Bug... Pleasure Hello. to have you back. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the, I, my question is also, can you please prove it? But I don't, I don't, I, I can. guess that's not allowed. <laughs> I now, can prove it. Does the hummingbird, Liddy, do you think the hummingbird's alive after he's caught it? Oh, absolutely not. No way. There's no way. There's no, he's just like punching hummingbirds out of the sky and being like, that's a fact. A fact about me, everyone. Just a trail of dead birds. Are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I too can kill birds. Just FYI. Yeah. But not in an impressive way, like like Brockway can, I'm sure. If he could show us, but he can't. I sure can. Killing is a lot about style. (laughs) No follow-up questions, though. (laughs) God damn it. Uh, This is the perfect um, con. You've come up with the perfect con just now. (laughs) Today is going to be... um, It's obviously a real tight show. We always run a real tight show. Mm -hmm. Um Today we're talking about a show uh, Brockway turned us on to. It's called Documental. Uh, it's on Amazon. I have no idea if it's a hit. How do you tell if an Amazon Prime show is a hit? Uh, it doesn't have a huge presence on the internet. It is. Uh, I guess, Brockway, why don't you try to sum up what this show is? Well, I think, to, to start on what you said already, I think it is kind of a thing. Uh, I think Amazon's doing that thing where they say it's an Amazon original, but really they're just sort of porting it over to, to our okay. market. So this uh, because you can you can look up and there are way more seasons than the one a- ones Amazon has uh, right. on you know sketchy Russian sites they that will steal your information Amazon. and kill you. Like they, they do say Amazon in the caption, but they could change that, I guess. Right? I th- I think they're probably involved with production, but they're like on their okay. own schedule bringing it over, and it's not a it's not like a U.S. only Amazon thing. That's the sense I get anyway. Uh, but yeah. Okay, so Documental, right. uh, it's a Japanese show, it's a Japanese reality show, and the premise is this guy, this this famous comedian whom I do not know, uh, but hey, but nobody, yeah, nobody can say no to him, apparently. And so right. he, He's like the Adam Sandler of Japan, is like the vibe that you get. Yeah, yeah that's very like much it. He's like a jacked Adam Sandler. He's an older guy, he's super jacked, and like he he's been famous for so long that He's just kind of turned it into like an emperor's game where where he just <laughs> will destroy lives for his amusement. So nobody can say no to him. So he's he's abused that power to start this reality TV show where he invites, uh, I think it's 10 comedians on. Yeah. And they, they all have to stay in a room together and the, they can't laugh. And the last one who does not laugh uh, wins. So they're all trying to make each other laugh while also trying not to laugh themselves. And they have, they have six hours to do it. And he, he watches right. from like, uh, I'm just going to double down on the, the emperor thing. He watches from the emperor's balcony <laughs> with this like crazy setup and judges. Yeah. He's full. I got like a Dionysus like. Yeah, it's very like end time TV setup. Some somebody gets murdered in here all the time, and it never makes it out of this room. Kind of vibe. Yeah, it's like a saw. It's like a saw puzzle. It is. Sure. It's definitely it, it the thing. It feels to me that- like <laughs> I think there should be more rules. Like he came up with a very vague premise for a show. You know, like they mm-hmm. they can't make each other laugh, and then they were like, "Great, what else?" And he was like, "Nothing else." I'm not thinking of more things. Yes, yeah. I thought of my. He one does thing. a lot on the fly. Like somebody will like just stick a mask on a, their head and maybe laugh. And so he'll come in and be like, okay, you can't wear a mask anymore. So he kind of, he'll adapt the show on the fly to like people's ungentlemanly conduct. But he very clearly says at the start of it, like, fucking do whatever you want. And uh, there's slapping. There's a lot of physical contact. One dude says during the show, no tickling. Because I think that would be unsportsmanlike. But like, there's, 
But yeah, no rule was, against just grabbing a dude and tickling him until he giggles, and that would 100% be an elimination. Yeah, but yeah, I think they, they sort of adopt the rules as they go along. If, I'm pretty sure the right. no-tickling thing was like, that just stuck. But also, maybe you didn't have to say that. Like, this is a gentleman's, yeah. this is a gentleman's duel. Is, is yeah, the and people were saying, like, well, I don't want to win that way, too. Like, they want to win by actually making someone laugh, and then it increasingly right. becomes more and more clear to them that that's not how they're going to win. <laughs> before and you get to too, watch that, which is fascinating. Before getting too into it, there's there's another layer in that the prize is, uh, oh, man, I'm blanking on the amount. Is it 10 million yen? It's I think it's 10 million yeah. yen. It's 1 million yen, but that's no, 10 it's, grand in it's, America. It's 10 million yen, but they have to, each comedian that he invites has to bring 1 million yen. So he puts right. no money into this. They all, it's like a <laughs> poker game. They all put their money in and they only win each other's money if they win. Yeah. And if they lose, they're out. They're out their own money. And it's and an it's, amount uh, of money that is difficult for them to attain. Like, that's a big part of the yeah. first episode is them talking about that. Yeah, these are not, like, super well-off. Like, some of them, a couple of them. There's, like, one or two that are, you know, kind of famous comedians. But these are all just, like, working, mm-hmm. breaking in comedians that he's invited. So I think it's yeah. 10 grand that they have to bring in, and they might win 100. Uh, winning 100 is huge. But, like, coming up with the 10 grand really hurts some of them. So it's just... <laughs> Just a yeah, brutal a, show. It's so cruel. There's a whole setup where they're taking out bank loans and asking their family for like two or three guys had to borrow money from their parents or their wives' parents or whatever. Yeah, they borrow. And then there's like, one guy savings. who's like, there's the one guy who's like, oh, if my wife's rich, like fuck it, I don't care. Yeah. And then everybody's <laughs> like later on is like, you always talk about how rich your wife is. <laughs> he does not care. He just shows up and says, it's not my money. He's also like easily the most laid back. Or he. He didn't bring like a bunch of gags. He didn't do a lot of preparation. He's just here to fuck around with that money. And so he's sowing right. chaos. Wait, which guy was this? It was uh, Fujiyama, Fu- the guy Fujimoto, that bought the- Fujimoto, I think it was. Fujimoto, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, he brought the tiny, tiny bag, which was like my favorite bit in the show when they all show up with <laughs> right. really big bags. And Fujimoto has a tiny, tiny Mark Jacobs bag, clearly his wife's bag, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, and she was bought like, like some lotion. And he's like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just not taking it seriously at all. And that's such like a power move because- it's it's the only show I've seen where it just like it hurts to go on it like this is going to harm you long term yes. if you do not win. And now, I have a question about uh, Fujimoto here. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, he spends most of the show just barely not laughing. Now, do you think that's an affectation or do you think he's really holding in laughter? Because the funniest part of the show is watching that dude's face while he's trying not to laugh. And I feel like he's weaponizing that. Like, I don't think he's really about to laugh. I think he just wants to look like that. Oh, that I bought would it. Be- that would be amazing if that was the case. I, that never crossed my mind. I thought yeah. that they were more lenient on him than they were on almost anybody else. Like it seemed like they were. Yes, they were clear favorites to win to me. An- another thing to point out is the the main their their overlord. He very very clearly has a lot of discretion. So sometimes people laugh, and he's like, ah, "I'll let you off with a warning." And Fujimoto spends the whole time smirking and laughing, which is an elimination later in the show like he'll be oh you were smiling get the fuck out of here but i think he's really aggressive and he's always messing with people and so like the guy wants him there oh, and yeah. so just that that bias that the show is better with him there he's like okay you could do whatever you want it's it uh, seems definitely like the implication going is like he's you know like he's he's the judge he's the guy that started but he's also kind of the director as it goes along because he he even says at some point like the judging gets more strict as we get like halfway through or towards right. the end and then you can't even smile a little bit. It's not about laughing. You can't like smirk or you're out. You can't like mm-hmm. huff. One guy I think gets kicked out because his voice is has like a little laughter in it. He doesn't show it at all outwardly, but he's just kind of like, hmm. And yeah. you're gone. But it doesn't work that way early because that would be, you know, bad TV. Because they are, they are sure. so, everybody's so nervous and giggly, like at the start of this one, especially because this is, this is like the first time they've ever done it. It's the first series right. of, of this brand new show. And like they show they show them all going about their lives when they get this invite. And I guess yeah. this guy, the the Matsumoto, what, what is his name? Matsumoto? Hitoshi Matsumoto. Uh, I guess he's kind of famous for like prank shows and stuff. So they all think it's a prank. Uh-huh. Oh. But they still can't say no because he's like their senior and he's famous and it's kind of an opportunity. So they're all... 
they're all in this room at the start and they're like half suspecting to be, I don't know, dropped into a, a tank of piranha or whatever it passes for <laughs> right. like a like Which a would be a really prank show. <laughs> but like yeah, they're very giggly. One of you is holding the antidote, gentlemen. <laughs> it's very it's very um very much like a Bond villain game for comedians. Yeah. It's so one of the things I I'm fascinated about um obviously is that we have very different cultures but like everyone feels very uh old-timey vaudevillian comics like everyone's part of a comedy duo and they show like clips of their act and it looks like like someone making fun of like Laurel and Hardy like you're like what the this comedy died like fucking when our grandparents died like um so they come in here with these what seems to be from my perspective really old-timey like views of comedy but also like like a really uh scientific view of comedy like the host keeps talking about like oh this guy's comedy is very sophisticated and you're like right, let's not do this he's like <laughs> farting into a balloon yeah, you're, okay I, I might i might slip into that a few times because i i love how he'll be like and like it's so funny to me how how seriously he's taking these dudes farts and uh <laughs> yeah it's it's i get what you're I get what you're saying. It's like, I mean, this is me as a, a total ignorant American outside of their comedy scene, but uh, and I'm sure it's nuanced and sophisticated and like very culturally relevant. But from my perspective as this outsider, their comedy is the worst fucking thing I've ever seen in my yeah. life. So bad. Well, like, so bad. I, I have a specific example of what their comedy is because I've been looking all over the internet for it. It is mm-hmm. um, when they first show Kawahara, I think was the guy's name. He is on stage practicing, I guess, his routine because no one's in the audience. He's wearing a hat that looks like an eggplant and he's yeah. smoking like very casually. <laughs> And like saying something, saying some kind of jokes, but it looks like weirdly low key for having an eggplant hat on. And I wanted to know mm-hmm. what it was. And he at one point starts doing his routine, I guess, which is him saying like, I'm sleepy in like a weird voice. Right. <laughs> and then he says, um, I broke all of the toes on my right foot. And then the guys are like, stop doing your routine. This sucks. We know this. <laughs> Right, and that's his routine? Like, I thought he was just out of ideas and, like, trying to do something random and crazy and just out of panic. But he's like, no, this is your carefully prepared act that you have honed over hundreds of hours in front of a live audience. Like, what? What? It's so so baffling that they they have arrived, apparently independently, on, like, proto-vaudeville, all on their own. Like, they've arrived at what our comedy was in, like, 1910. Like now, it's all it's all straight man and wacky guy, and they're all doing like who's on first style, just like and, skits. And yet they all seem like totally normal, like dudes, dudes, like in the normal day to day life. They're, like, they're so totally they're like, just okay, like stand up comedians. That's your vaudeville act, yeah. And but now here I'm gonna like talk like a regular person and tell you how much that sucks. But it's like, dude, that guy's like your contemporary. Like that's kind of what you seem to do. Based on the intro I saw. Right. They're all, like, every one of them is intro. There's no, if there's such a thing as Japanese just stand up like ours that nobody is on this show. They're all from these, right. like, these performing troops. And what's crazy is when they're not doing those bits, it sounds and, like, looks like you've got a bunch of professional comedians from anywhere else, anywhere else in the world together. And, like, they're talking in the same way. Like, they analyze the things. They, it's all in jokes. Like, it yeah. is exactly functionally the same way like they consider it mentally the same way that that anybody does about comedy around the world but it's all this like vaudeville stuff that they're well and even the way they dress too like i i I thought when they started introducing these guys i'm like wow even the way comedians dress is like universal one i think was wearing like a yankees cap and they're wearing like Uh you know just the like t-shirt and the flannel over it like it's comedian dress. it's like (laughs) yeah it's out of comedians of comedy like it it's any backstage presence you'd see of comedians and it's it's all totally identical and then they do their act and it's like it's like they wear a little baby outfit and they go like mama hungry and like that's your whole you're like (laughs) then they cut to them talking about it and they're like yeah it was uh it was very strategic to use the mama hungry (laughs) bit at this point because uh he had just said that sometimes there is food and uh, right so it it was a callback it was a reference they reacted to that 
Yeah, they, they reacted that. to that like like you or I would. Like they're yeah. like, "What the fuck are you doing? Why you why do you have two toys? Why are you saying a mama's mama and the baby that this isn't anything?" But but they got it, laughs it was, eventually. It did yeah. get laughs. It God, seems like so they weird. hate their own acts. Like they they, <laughs> they hate and are embarrassed by like their professional <laughs> comedy. Because every time somebody does it, they're like, oh, I bombed. I hate it. So comedians <laughs> hating themselves, also universal. Also yeah, totally, yeah, like, totally relatable and universal. <laughs> and it's not wanna, like um, nobody nobody gets out from any of these planned bits because they, they just, they don't like it at all, even though they're the ones yeah. doing it. So they stare at it stone-faced. And then just like after it's over, they go, was that it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it? You're gonna do your fucking act at me? <laughs> well, there was one bit that did okay. That got laughs, and I don't know if you guys have a favorite bit, but I do. If you want to talk about your favorite bits in this, please let's get started. Um, favorite bits, Liddy's Liddy's favorite bit. Good, yeah, we should make that a. You needed a theme song. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I divided it into. I have like in my notes jokes I liked, jokes I can't believe happened, and jokes I fully expected to see immediately, which is just the mm-hmm. when the guy came out in a dress. I was like, okay, well, I knew that was yep. going to happen. <laughs> um, Crushed it. But the one that did well that I liked too was when the guy did the lucha masks. <laughs> I'm sorry, just mm-hmm. thinking about it, and then he like <laughs> fell. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, well, hold on. I hold know on. it's just like he's like one of the one of the larger guys, like the their Chris Farley, like a big guy doing right. physical comedy. Kept coming out in luchador mask, and he he climbed up on a chair like to do a move. They were like, "Do a move, do a move." So he climbed up on the chair, and he didn't get to move at like he barely shifted, and the chair exploded, and he just. Didn't catch himself, completely ate shit on the pavement. Yeah. Shrapnel from the chair went all over the room. They every single person stood up and walked away and just looked at a wall because they were gonna Yeah. They were gonna burst. But they did not make anyone laugh though. It was no, by it far the funniest thing anybody. on the show. It got Couldn't have been so planned hard. too, like like he whatever silly thing he was gonna do, like he got you know, completely derailed by his, his accident. Um and it was 100% better. I, it was hilarious. Yeah, 100% better because of it. I really liked that he uh, he took off his shirt and he's kind of like just a big sphere. And uh, obviously, obviously has a bit of a weight problem. And one of the other guys says, oh, he has a nice body. He must work out a lot. And that's the thing about this show. I can never tell when they're being sarcastic because it didn't <laughs> seem like it. It really seemed like, oh, hey, that dude's kind of buff. Like, that's weirdly a buff comedian. <laughs> so. It's, uh, There's also a lot of wordplay that I'm like, okay, this must be a joke made by the localizer. Like, there there can't be a pun in Japanese that's the same as the pun translated into English, right? Yeah, it's also yeah. trying dense trying to like which of these are jokes and references to things that are probably very funny if you right. know them in Japan that we're never going to get, and which are not because sometimes I will look one of them up and be like, oh, that's that's not a reference to anything. I thought that was a reference yeah. to something, but he was just saying some weird shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, and a lot of it, too, end. is just them saying something is happening or looks a certain way that it doesn't actually look. Like, in the beginning, one of the guys introduces... They're all introducing themselves, and one of them mm-hmm. introduces himself as, like, another comedian who's apparently, like, a famous comedian. Okay. And that... Yeah. I, I and kind of that kind of yeah. gets somebody, too. They're kind of like... <laughs> Yeah, that, that like got somebody, and I was like, okay, that must be a really good joke over there. I don't know. Yeah, like that's one of the ones I guess you know, because they do like just like any comedian, they do a lot of inside comedy baseball. When you get comedians together, they talk about comedy, like mm-hmm. we're doing now. We're gonna do it right <laughs> now, yeah. So like a lot of it's just got to be inside baseball stuff that seems to get them. Well, uh, I'd like to talk about my favorite bit, uh, Lydia. If you could do a theme song for me, Sean's favorite bit. Is so that good? good. Uh, Did you say yes, okay? <laughs> I'm hurt. So I tried good. really so, hard at that. So good. Okay, thank you. So, yeah, and I loved it. <laughs> no bullshit. Nine out of ten. Great. Uh, so I was watching and I, I noticed immediately there was no women. And I've been in enough all-man uh, comedy rooms to know that this is going to be a disaster. I was like, they need at least three women in here or it's going to be all zany ass play. And of course, it turned into that almost immediately. There's a guy I really like. Uh, his name's uh, Daisuke. I looked him up, and he does. He's called the Festival Man, and he goes around like fucking around at like different festivals. So he'll like go to a place where they do like a you know pie eating contest, and he'll like fuck up with a pie eating contest. It seems fun. Um, anyway, that's just my surface understanding of who this guy is. He's um, 
he had to me one of the funniest faces because he has this thing when he's about to laugh. He'll jerk his head at the ceiling and like sort of seize up like he's being tased. <laughs> and it it cracks me up so hard watching this guy try to hold in his laughter. Yeah. And he he has a bit he claimed he like invented like in the locker rooms of the comedy clubs where he gets down to his underpants and then he tells someone to like give him the signal and then he pulls down his pants real quick and then Pulls his butt cheeks open so you can see his asshole. The, the, pra- and I was the like, practiced speed of that did get me. It, so fat. Like a gunslinger with he that butthole. He is so fast. Like, I, and it has nobody a- on this earth can be faster at exposing their butthole <laughs> than that man. And it had like a snap to it and like a sassiness. Like he kind of looks back at you while he does it. Yeah. Like he's posing. And it's, it's so funny. Uh, and then everyone else tries to do it. Obviously fucks it all up. But then there was the guy, um, uh, Anthony. And he was the, I guess his dad was American, so he's half black, which became like, like a thing they riffed on for what, like three straight they episodes. Think, but anyway, being black is so fun. Like nothing else, <laughs> no, no other layer to it. Like when they first walked in and sat down and they were introducing themselves, uh, Jimmy, one of the older comedians there, just looked across the table at him and busted up laughing. And Fujimoto right. looks at him and he's like. Come on, don't laugh because he's black. That's too easy. He's just just looking at him, just looking yeah. at him sit there. He's just like, yeah, he like pointed at him too. Guy. He sat down, pointed yeah. at him, and laughed. And then they were like, "Are you laughing at him just because he's black?" And Jimmy was like, uh. like that's it. "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally." It's funny. And, and he knew too, so he brought pictures of himself as a child. Yes. So he's like, <laughs> totally he had like little bit. pictures of totally him in Japanese normal. school. Pictures yeah. of him just like just doing school but, stuff. Yeah, and, and it fucking maybe it's kills. Just they could not yeah, take what, it. <laughs> The same way white supremacy is baked into us, I imagine their cultural supremacy is baked in. So when you see all these kids in like traditional garb with like like the pointed hats and then one of them's black, it's like it looks like some kind of a prank. Like what the fuck did you just photoshop this kid in? <laughs> they just, so they look at it and they, they just can't handle it. It and, absolutely slayed. And there was one picture of just like his dad holding him and they yeah, were that and one it was at night eliminated someone it, they laughed so hard. it eliminated almost two yes. people but it was just like a black man at night and they were like fucking die. they died they I could mean, not believe how hilarious and i love i love that he knew that and he knew who to target with it and it was i can't remember yeah. who but somebody was eating and he snuck just his regular childhood picture again very normal onto the guy's plate when he stood up and the guy comes back and sees the picture on his plate and almost breaks <laughs> yeah yeah just a picture of his loving father is funny to these people. Yes. Anyway, your favorite uh, bit was him. Sorry, yes, the butthole. So my favorite bit. Yeah, the, the butthole yes, thing. So Daisuke started it by pulling out his butthole. And once the seal was broken on the butthole, it's fucking it's all, all It's all buttholes so now, from now on. Everyone is doing butthole stuff now. And what that eventually like evolved into was the black dude fully balls naked at this point. Just doing a three-step procedure where they would chant USA and he would go, you. S and then pull his butt open on the A and like they practiced it until like they got it down right and watching the rehearsal for the USA butthole exposure was <laughs> yeah. the fucking funniest shit. The rehearsal and, was and you'd like never get, Yes, you'd never get there under normal circumstances. The only thing that could create these exact circumstances is sticking 10 dudes in a room and saying <laughs> be silly but not funny this silly. Is, this is what an all male writer's room comes up with this is why yes. this is why diversity this is t- matters <laughs> yeah and I, and I actually thought it was like a great strategy on Daisuke's part because he says in his cutaway like I'm gonna do the stuff that makes my elders laugh in yeah. the comedy club like backstage and I was like yeah that's mm. a great strategy yeah. for this yeah, that's, all, that's whole, all that's gonna get him <laughs> Because it's it's almost never these bits like it's bits like 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 that certainly killed, but it, the bits from their act don't get it, and it's always just once they explain what's going on. Actually, this is this is my favorite bit. Uh, I guess you've both already gone. So Barackaway's favorite bit. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite bit is is one of these moments where they get in their head like this is basically the only way anybody gets eliminated is they they get in their head while some other joke is going on and it's the thought mm-hmm. that they think at that moment that that gets right. to them yeah and my favorite bit coasts off of lydia's favorite bit where that guy broke the chair and so mm-hmm. he he tries to jump and he shatters this chair and then we this this is like hours later that was at like hour two and so at, at hour like Four and a half, everybody's worn down, and they're all just kind of sitting in this couch together, like the few that are left. 
And I would like hunch down and just trying to think of what else to do. Everybody's burned all of their bits. And the guy that, that broke the chair, he's got a piece of the chair that kind of looks like a... What weapon is that called, Sean? A tonfa? A tonfa? Like a cop, yeah. like a cop billy club? Yeah, like a billy club. He's got something that looks yeah. like that, and he's kind of scratching his head with it. And Fujimoto's sitting next to him, and he says, uh, he says stop doing that. And, and the, the, the guy says, like, yeah, but I made this. And he's like, you didn't make that. And then there's a long silence, and then he laughs. And everybody's like, wait, what? And he has to explain after, after he got out, like... <laughs> But I'm the one that broke the chair, so I did make that. <laughs> like, and it's maybe the biggest laugh on the show when that guy laughs too. And it, it's he laughs silent. just outright. It's just yeah. It's not tried to contain. He just <laughs> and then <laughs> he totally forgets what the fuck he's doing <laughs> because it, because in his own head he's like, wait, I technically I did make this. That's <laughs> just that, just fucking got himself. Me. He got himself eliminated for that. He got yeah. kicked out off the show. <laughs> There's a, a dynamic we haven't talked about yet that uh, I don't even think they meant to do this. But every time someone laughs, they hit an alarm and then the host walks in. And for some reason, he's like really mad all the time. And so he comes in and he's always trying to look mad. And it creates this dynamic where it looks like like a parent is walking in on the kids. It's, it's like totally, the worst possible time. It's totally sleepover to make, mom. <laughs> yeah. So they're all like fully nude, like hitting each other with their dicks, trying to make each other laugh. It finally works. And he comes in and then here's all these grown men like on the furniture with their dicks out. And, and here comes this cranky adult figure. And it's so funny. I have no idea if they meant to do it, but it, it happens every time. Yeah. And then of course, like they play the replays like, oh, you laughed. And then they deny it. Like, no, 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 fucking way did I laugh. And then they have like footage like right here. I, here's footage of you laughing. And then everyone laughs again. And I'm like, this must be the best show ever. I, I want to. Yeah, those want to do the show. Those moments always get me when they have to watch themselves laugh. And then they're like, ah, they did it. Everybody like the relief. The It's totally mm-hmm. the buildup and release of tension that is comedy. It's like baked into the mechanical structure of the show as well. So you get those moments. Of them, of them watching it where they fucked up as they try to deny it, and I, I do think a, a lot of accident. them believe it, and that it just—it's either a happy accident or it's perfectly constructed. But like, right? Some of this I, I understand can be funny to somebody else, but there's so much of this show, like most of the runtime of this show, it amazes me that anybody would watch this that's not a comedian. It's just—it's all like. It's all like anti-comedy. <laughs> it's all right. it's all like like the like the butthole USA bit. The, the joke <laughs> wasn't when he did it. Nobody laughed when he did it the first time. <laughs> the joke was like slowly built as they took it seriously and practiced and like as they as they come to this realization using comedic training of like, no, it'd be funny if you did this, tweak it. Like, <laughs> right. I don't get yeah. how that's interesting to anybody else but us. But I, they made like nine seasons of this show. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, they love it when <laughs> well, stuff uh, is like... I guess what like, I was saying about Happy Accident. Oh, I was just saying they love it when stuff is not funny and someone announces it's not funny first. And like when yeah. the guy did that dance, he just did like a weird dance and then he said boobs at the end. And, and that crushed... <laughs> That took, I think well, he first yeah. said, he, he first said, I'm going to do this thing. And I guess it was kind of a meme. So it's already lame. And they're all like, don't do that. It's lame. It's a meme. I'm like, come on, man. Which is just something they do all the time. Like if somebody starts doing their bit, if somebody starts doing yeah. like a joke that they know or like something that's already right. been in the news, they're like, come on, like bring, bring your A game here. And so he's like, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do an unfunny version of it. And they're like, okay, why is, why are you yeah. even going to do that? And everybody's expecting there to be a turn, and the turn is that there is not a turn, and he just does the really unfunny <laughs> right. version of it, yeah. and it ends with him just going boobs, <laughs> and it gets like one of the funniest guys there just fucking cracks up, like nothing has been really getting to him, and he just busts his shit. I think that's how he got yeah. eliminated. Yeah, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the expectations that everyone had going in seemed like really hard to break. Like they're all like, no, 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 do not do your act here. But this is the first time anyone's done anything like this. But they all still had these rules that, like, they were disappointed in people for breaking. And uh, uh, I guess what I meant earlier by the happy accident is that it's clear the show is off the rails instantly. And so the guy's constantly having to, like, make adjustments. And then season two, there's all these different rules. Like, he had this idea, and we're seeing, like, the raw execution of it and, and... him trying to adapt it into a show after it's already been fucking on the air. Yeah, you're watching him like workshop the idea of a show over seasons because it does keep like yeah. evolving and he'll just he'll, he'll do something and it won't work in a season and he'll be like, ah, we're not doing that anymore. 
<laughs> just, right. It's not like the show keeps building. It's it's just like, ah, it's not, I don't know, it's not working. Like, it's the most just fucking off the cuff. <laughs> does it get better or do you think it, like, does it improve when he tries to improve it usually? There's so, there's so much magic to the first season because they don't know what it is. Like, especially yeah. the first couple of episodes when they're, they're, everybody's half expecting like a, a banana cream pie to come launching out of the wall and hit them. And they'll be like, oh, you got me. Because like, this is just, it's not happened yet. Yeah. So yeah. they don't know what to do and they don't know what their strategy is. But it does get interesting when people start like, they start like studying previous mm-hmm. seasons. And like, I'm going to do this. This works. This doesn't work. I'm going to try this for like not laughing. I think there's a guy that tries to train himself to frown when he finds something funny and like, like tries to recondition his body and his life. <laughs> oh my God. His brain chemistry. <laughs> to, like, I don't uh, think it works. You guys, but I don't remember. Did you guys watch the early seasons of uh, survivor? No, no. Back in the day. Cause survivor was a, you know, obviously a huge reality show. And when they went on there, they didn't know what to expect, but every individual person thought they were like Lex Luthor. So they'd come on, they'd put the camera on, and they're like, oh, here's my strategy. And they would just say some really dumb shit about how they're going to manipulate these people psychologically in this activity no one's ever done before. And that's what I felt like the show was. They're like, oh, and see, what I need to do is hit them hard. Go on the offensive. Sorry, I'm doing the uh, samurai <laughs> accent again. <laughs> I get you out of that accent. Sumimasen. <laughs> I guess it helps that you speak Japanese. Uh, it only helps a little bit. You really speak Japanese? Wow. Choto, totemo choto. That means a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but so, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that these guys all have, they speak very authoritatively on this thing that they're clearly amateurs at. And like some dude will like take his nipple out and like tweak it a little. And it'll cut back to the host and it'll be like, oh my God, what a fucking move. Oh, what a competitor. <laughs> what a power move that is. Yeah, the color commentary on it is really great. The exit interviews are the are the best for me. When they, when they get knocked out and they have to be like, oh, I've understood what I did. I, I, I know my mistake here. And it was, I looked directly at his ball sack when I should have looked at his thigh and pretended <laughs> right. I was looking at his thigh. Like, fucking what? <laughs> your strategy oh i fucked up i looked right at the balls never look right at the balls and it's always uh, sean's right like I, i've seen four seasons of this show which is all they have on uh, on amazon i want to go find the the others that are on the russian blackmail sites uh because the show's worth it it's worth getting blackmailed by you know some sort of russian special <laughs> yeah. special team but, um, I don't know. Like, I couldn't decide if I would recommend it to someone else or if I was enjoying it while I was watching it. Like, I was laughing, but... I would recommend it to every other comedian I know and nobody mm-hmm. else. Yeah. Or their spouses, maybe to help them understand us. <laughs> no, maybe I told my husband something. to go away when I was watching this. I'm like, I don't want you to see this. <laughs> you don't, think- <laughs> don't understand me. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> Please leave. He's like, yeah, he's going to walk in right when they're showing each other their, their buttholes and he's going to be uh-huh. confused. And it will always, all four seasons end like that. They don't start like that. Nobody goes nuclear right there. But like as they run out of bits that they've prepared and as like callbacks and like just six hours is such a long time Yeah. to, to do anything but to be in this room, this high stress room and try to make each other laugh. So they're all completely broken and completely spent at the end. The last like two hours of every show is just full nuclear panic, dicks out, stuffing asses, just running around the room, shoving dicks and things like, yeah. is this maybe? Is this funny? Is this the is one? This funny? I put my dick in a this... clock. Uh, you got you got time to fuck? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, is that a thing? <laughs> it's kind of fun to see the everything peeled back to the basics of comedy. Like when Kawahara eats noodles really funny. That made me laugh. Yeah. He was just like eating these noodles and going like <laughs> while he ate them. And I was like, that's a good right. bit. That's what I would do. I would try to eat something funny. Right. Because there's <laughs> two ways to make like an actual comedian laugh. And that's to do like either a really intricate built joke that not a lot of other people have the patience for or get or the dumbest fucking thing you can think of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are the two guaranteed yep. ways to make a comedian laugh. Just, just yeah, like... like- I'm going to sound like the host of the show, uh, not accent-wise, but uh, in my pontificating, 
where a lot of comedy is a, a breaking of patterns. And so you, you start establish, you know, a chain of things. Uh, you get a rat-a-tat pattern going and then you break it. But if you're trying to like, uh, fuck up a comedian listening for the expectation of a pattern breaking, like you have to break it in a second way. So it, it takes a sophisticated, like, anti pattern breaking to like, fuck up their expectations, I guess is my point. It, it, it sucks to talk about comedy, but like there is, uh, you know, things you can do scientifically to be funny. Right. And, and here's, so if you're here's to make why a comedian laugh. Here's why you all don't of go the like one, play. two or three. <laughs> you have to be like one, two. And then the, the third thing either has to be just three or there, you know, yeah. you get it. You get what I I'm get saying. What you're saying. Everyone gets it. <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> like, and, there, and then there's like the classic bits, like thing that should be big is actually small, and you're like, oh wow, right. I forget how funny that is, and then that kills. <laughs> right, it's either like shit that would play for the toddler, or like college level comedy clubs are up. Like, there's no, there's no like high school comedy still works here kind of thing. It's just, it's either completely brain dead, or you've thought about this way too much. Like one of my one of my favorite things is one of the guys uh, who just who looks like a fucking ogre and he uses it so well. Kooky, <laughs> uh, Kooky, yeah, yeah. His name. He just he looks he just looks like Shrek, and he plays with it so well that it gets everybody else. But he brought like cards or pictures or something of uh of like with you know funny things written on them. And he was showing them to people and like nobody really laughed. And then he had one with just like a totally normal and he put that in front of somebody and that got somebody. So like, yeah. right. it, the, they didn't, it, it all built to an anti-joke. They were all punchlines. Here's a punchline. Here's a punchline. Here's a punchline. Here's not a punchline. And that's the punchline. And that's the one that worked yeah. on the comic. Yeah. Kooky like, was yeah. massively on the offense all the time. Like he had brought a ton of bits and they worked yeah, he fairly well. Yeah. He but he laughed too easily. Yeah. But well, he, he yeah. brought a ton of it. He got so many people with so much other shit. And like, Did you guys like understand the... Going on the offensive was so uh, risky. Because like, like a guy will do something silly and he knows he's about to do something silly. He knows how silly he looks. No one likes it, which is extra funny to someone doing something silly. Yeah. And so g- generally, like in the process of doing a bit, they're the ones in the most danger of, of laughing. Yeah, I feel they like made that themselves gi- That laugh. Jimmy guy... He just knocked himself yeah. completely out. He kept doing that to himself. Yeah. He looks like just a sewer gremlin. <laughs> he came in there just looking like a sewer gremlin, and he used that really well, too. He just, like, I don't know why it was so funny that he just went to the sink and started washing his hair. <laughs> right. It just fucking it killed it. It what killed was me so hard deal? that he just starts Was he doing a character? Hair. I was trying to figure out if he was doing, like, he just a looks sad guy character. filthy and diseased, and I think yeah, he's I just playing know. with this, like filthy disease like he's completely he lifted up his shirt and his his back is just pockmarked and broken people are just you got holes all through your back like the police have shot him with rubber bullets so many times to (laughs) clear him out of his fucking like subway nook and he went on the offensive with this terrible comedy that also played with the way he looked and like that's you know to to some extent especially early on but he just kept getting himself because he'd start doing something really stupid like this is so fucking stupid and knocked himself totally out I looked that dude up, and I think he might be the most famous of all of them. There's like a Netflix movie just about That's him what they and his like. rise to comedy legend. Yeah, like that dude. You know, my wife has watched a lot of these shows. She, she's Carlin. watched him in later seasons, and like apparently he he became a painter. He and he was actually right. really good. Like not funny paintings, not ironic paintings. He he moved to Spain to like pursue art. And it was a massive success. Like he was selling his paintings for, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars or something. But he had like such a rampant sex addiction that he couldn't, he could not keep like money in his pocket. He would just sell a painting. And instead of letting anything appreciate, he he doesn't have any of his own paintings. He sold all of them just so he could go to like wank clubs and shit. (laughs) But he has his own HPV. And that's something. Yeah. Like they said in that, that he they said you can just sell a painting, but he was doing this whole I think bit at the beginning where he was like, I'm so ashamed to get this money. I had to go to the bank and all of the banks turned me down for loans. And I was like, What am I doing with my life? And Jesus <laughs> And it's it's going to jerk off clubs. He went and spent it all on these jerk off clubs. And like maybe that's not true, but he looks like the kind of guy that that's true. And so that's exactly yeah. what he should be saying. 
<laughs> I guess they, they also did this thing that I'm going to look up next. There was this sort of this trend. Uh, my wife again was telling me about this that uh, called 24 hour interviews where like a bunch of reporters or, or interviewers of any kind would would tag team and they would just keep a subject somewhere for 24 straight hours and like interview them beyond exhaustion until like everything just went crazy. And he, he did until they tell you where that where the nuclear codes are. That's this is like CIA torture. Yeah, techniques. that's that's just classical band interrogation. But I guess it was a uh, just like this show. It was big in Japan. It was you know, <laughs> it's great. It's great to torment people. Is is what they love to see. And and they're, and they're right to some extent. Yeah. But sure, I, I'm gonna. Sure. I'm definitely gonna try to find Jimmy, whatever his name was, his 24 hour interview where he yeah. confessed o- to O-G-I. to all of his his wank addictions. The ruining I was trying to figure out like how famous everyone in the room was compared to like if these were Americans, would this be like people who were on SNL, or would this be like people that are at Groundlings that are like getting kind of big, or in like some stand-ups in there that you've seen like one yeah, special of maybe? It's so hard. I couldn't really figure out an analog for anybody. Like when I was like, "Oh, Jimmy's the George Carlin of Japan." I'm like, "This is not. This is not even close. It's not, I don't think that's anything <laughs> no. close to what he is." Oh God! He's no. like, he- <laughs> George Carlin was the Jimmy of America. <laughs> if anyone's George Carlin, it's the guy running the show. I don't think any of them are, are close. Yeah. Nobody's mentioned how vaudeville this is. That literally a vaudeville comedian showed up. He showed up in his like pink vaudeville yes. suit. And did vaudeville jo- he, like straight literally a vaudeville comedian showed up, and apparently that guy has enough of a career to merit time on this show. So uh-huh. that dude just- couldn't fucking keep it together at all. That guy was giggling the, the second whole time. it started. Yeah, immediately. That that was guy was like, "What so is fast. he doing here? What is, does he think this yeah. is?" He was no seeing chance. to him the future of comedy. That was a vaudeville performer <laughs> yanked out of time, and he's watching like seven seventy years from now comedy, and he's just, wow, destroyed. <laughs> it's escalated so far. It's all butt stuff. He's going to go back yeah. to his time and just ruin our universe. Just introduce butt stuff way too early. Oh, no. Yeah, that would Do ruin Do you guys it. ever watch um, uh, Mexican television? Uh, I've seen it some telenovelas. For a while. Okay, because uh, if you watch like Mexican comedy, it is it feels very much like the clips they showed of these guys. Like it, It's sort of vaudevillian, but it's like, like less structured and silly. And yeah, that's what I the, feel like these... Lots of funny wigs and like makeup, lots yeah. of mugging to the camera and things. It's just oh, my yeah. my stupid brain wants to say it's it's very like old timey or retro or behind us somehow. But uh, I mean, your culture <laughs> very does. Contemporary. Yeah, I, I know that sucks of me, but that's how it feels like looking at this. Looking, it's literally looking into our past. Well, and it's, it made it's, me it's, wonder fifties comedy, like how much censorship affects comedy over there. Isn't there like? Kind of a censorship yeah, thing going is, on. Like you can, uh, if I understand from their pornography correctly, you can show <laughs> the tentacles, but not the genitals. Yeah. So that that points to sort of a a, a disconnect. And yet, between uh, even more than Jackass, this was the most anal play I've ever seen in a comedy. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah. that censorship, stuff. it does not work. I mean, someone put his there, finger in someone else's butt. And it was a <laughs> long, long bit that made me so uncomfortable. And oh, like, it was so rough. And I was like, he is made, he really going to yeah. put his finger in there? And like, Wait, yeah, he pretty much did. Can we set yeah. the scene? Because oh, he please made, do, yeah. <clears throat> he, everybody laughs. Brock laugh. sets the butthole scene. <laughs> Thank you. Should I do one too, uh, just so that we have two takes of it? Maybe absolutely. Can layer them. Brock please. away sets the butthole scene. Okay. Okay. And now, Jamie, can you layer those <laughs> together for us? Make a melody. Little nice harmony. Dip dip dip. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. So Daisuke, who does the Ain Olympics thing where he flashes his butthole really quickly, part of what gets them is that he has toilet paper stuck on his asshole. And he is genuinely <laughs> so embarrassed when they tell him he's like, Oh, oh my god, I didn't Mortified. know. That wasn't part of the bit. And so way later in the show, as a callback, he, Fujimoto says, let me wash the toilet paper out of your asshole. Which is just like the it's suggestion beautiful. should get somebody, but they have to go so far with it that they they have Daisuke bend over a table, and then he pulls his underwear down very slowly, and then he calls two <laughs> other comedians in because he's like the senior there, and they, as their juniors, apparently have to do what he says, and he orders mm-hmm. them to hold Daisuke's butt cheeks apart for him. So he's got like three people 
just spread eagling as this man. And then he gets a bunch of soap and he very lovingly and tenderly washes the man's anus on camera in front of the show. And then apparently at one point slides a finger right in his ass. And that's, that's it. That's the- yeah, you say lovely and tenderly. I took it more like, like a raccoon trying to get inside. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, He's going at that butt. And we should mention, too, that this is the guy who has said several times he doesn't need the money. <laughs> and- <laughs> but, <laughs> right, but you would totally lose that objectivity like three hours into this. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes like you're playing to the level that it's at. Like, these guys are trying so fucking right. hard. You have to do something. You can't just be like, nah, I don't need this. Yeah. It, it really demonstrates, like, the escalation of stakes that can happen. Like, once one butthole comes out, what's the big deal if someone takes their dick out? <laughs> What's the big deal if you put that dick in someone's ear? Why aren't we all just sucking dicks? <laughs> Actually, Fuji, Fujimoto suggests that in season two. Oh, He's like, if we want to be really funny. Let's all, let's take our dick, let's suck them. And they go, what? And he goes, the dicks. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, though. This is where it's leading. You've been playing with each other's assholes. You started yeah. talking to each other's dicks. Like, each yeah. season builds upon the next. Like, it's this is just going to end in hardcore pornography. Well, no, where <laughs> it ends, it. we should say, I felt like this season two, part of it was it had a perfect climax, <laughs> which was one of the guys crawling up on top of the table in his <laughs> underwear and saying, uh-huh. I'm sorry, mom and dad. I'm sorry, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he just, the two other people are like, come on, don't do this. Don't do this, man. Like he's yeah. like jumper at the edge of a ledge. They're very seriously, yeah. you can't do this. You can't go there, you can't do it. And he really tries. He sits there, well, he stands there. He stands in the middle of this table, just like hitting himself and squeezing and just trying to shit standing up. And he can't do it. And this is like the final seconds. Clock's ticking down. And it doesn't work. And he knows it doesn't work. And so they all sit down. And they just kind of stare at each other for the last 30 seconds. Totally out of ideas. Nothing is Like they just watched somebody die. They're all all failures and just looking each other in the eyes. And the show ends in dead silence with these just like three men who have given away all of their dignity. All of their just And his exit interview is like, I should have done it. I should have shit myself. I should have shit. God, I wish I could have shit. So, so like regretful. He's like, I tried. I'm sorry, mom and dad. I tried. I tried to shit my pants. I, I love the moments when you know they're being completely genuine because they're kind of fucking with each other the whole time. But at the end, when he's trying to shit, Anthony, the the half black dude, is screaming, "I'm not gonna fucking laugh at your shit!" Like he keeps just pleading with him not to do this because it's not gonna work anyway. Yeah, Anthony, the only one with any human empathy left, begging this man not to shit himself Don't on television. Do this. <laughs> And he doesn't, but he feels like such a failure. Even uh, Matsumoto or whatever the host guy's name, I think the show closes out or comes close to closing out with him just going like, if that was me, I would have (laughs) pooped. Yep, a coward. Just, I would have done it. I would have had to have done it. He should commit ritual suicide tonight, for sure. (laughs) And I've, I've seen a few more seasons of this and like, it, it doesn't start, like you would think it the seal has been broken, so it's got to start with butt play and just devolve into, I don't know, into murders and cannibalism at the end of right. it. But, uh, it, it, you know, everybody still starts normally because that that really is what gets them. Like, they start with their bits, and it's not the bits that get them, but what you think about mm-hmm. the bits. Really, the, the buttholes and the dicks only come out in, like, the last two hours of every season when everybody's exhausted and out of ideas, and it's just... It's just like watching, it's like caveman comedy. It's watching comedy regress back to like men in caves pulling their dicks out and making giant dick shadows <laughs> right. on the wall. Like, well, there's, this, there's, is just, this is what I got. That's Plato's story of the dick cave. <laughs> like, they, there's even a portion where they start hitting each other, and that is the joke. And one guy gets punched in the face and then laughs. Yeah, Fujimoto, Fujimoto. Yeah. Okay, let, again, let me, let me outline that because that was legitimately funny. Is that he's, yeah. he's, he comes out with a boxing glove. And he doesn't expect, because they're playing around, he doesn't expect to get hit, and he gets hit. And he's like, oh, okay. That was a little weird. And then they're messing around again, and he hits him again later, and you can see him, like, try not to laugh. Like, I can't believe you fucking did it again. And as he's trying not to laugh, he hits him again. And it's that, like, you can see him laugh because, like, I cannot fucking believe you hit me while I was... Like, he just can't believe it was done. It's disbelieving laughter, but that counts, and that's how he gets eliminated. Yeah. I also, I really liked that no one sort of stooped to any like um, underhanded games. Like, I, I feel like if you really wanted to not laugh, you could just sort of 
uh, create like a hostile environment. You know what I mean? Like you could just like pick a fist fight with someone and then just ride that like angry adrenaline to a place of no laughter. And, and yet no one did that. Cause I, I did think many times, like, how would I not laugh for six hours? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I could just like, you know, start a really cranky argument with someone and then just be unhappy. Or you could try, you could that. try to not engage the whole time and like put yourself right. in a bad mood and then try to do some bits or something at the end, maybe, or just hope that you lasted. But like nobody, nobody yeah. does that. There are people that kind of engage less and certainly laugh less, but everybody does something. Everybody engages on some level. Or mm-hmm. like uh, Kawahara was drinking wine like for the first hour or something. And I was like, maybe he's a really sad drunk. So he's like, I'm right. just going to get wasted and nobody is going to make me laugh, which I was like, I think that's actually a hilariously good strategy. <laughs> yeah. See, I thought it was uh, a bad strategy just because like to keep your mind sharp enough to just not forget where you are. Because yeah. a lot of guys got eliminated just because they like, oh, yeah, with my friends. <laughs> oh, shit. I just laughed. Yeah. yeah it, you know, it's just that like moment the- where they forget. Like there's a moment somewhere in that six hours where you're just talking or whatever. And somebody will say something that's not even all that funny. And you'll just laugh and be like, oh, right. <laughs> I'm supposed to suppress all of my human instincts. I forgot yeah. about that. And that's like part of what makes we it not as funny hours. is that when people laugh and your instinct is to laugh back because that's like the community mm-hmm. part of it. Like it feels good to laugh with a right. group of people and to see all these people like trying to make each other laugh and not laughing. It makes them seem aggressive. Like, yeah, it's so yeah. See, that's what I mean by like, I can't believe people that aren't comedians like this because it's so interesting to watch like, when you re- when you give incentive to remove the entire like feedback system of comedy, watching them like what they get, what they do, what works, it it's not like funny because there's no laugh track, there's no you know there's no group effort of people laughing with you. Yeah, it's very it's, uncomfortable. <laughs> it's watching people bomb the hardest you've ever seen anybody bomb over and over and over again, and I just it's so uncomfortable. I can't believe anybody can watch it that isn't a comedian and like be interested. But it, yeah. it's apparently doing okay. Four seasons, baby. <laughs> people, people seem to like it. I guess Australia has their own version of this too. Oh, really? I want to watch that. Oh, we got to so, watch the Australian version. That's got to get yeah. so racist so fast. <laughs> yeah. like, that's got to open. If that doesn't open with racism, I'll be surprised. Yeah, that's gonna make me look like Nelson Mandela. <laughs> that ends in just that ends in just straight blackface all across the board. Everybody comes yeah. out in blackface, <laughs> and they're like, "Ah, you knew it had to happen." I bet by the end of season one, we'll know like seventy new names for their indigenous people in Australia. <laughs> God, all of them unusable. Um, you fucking hear that, Australians? <laughs> that reminded me. I would love to know. They know. <laughs> I would love to know what happened when there was a woman on the show because I didn't get to that season. You said there was in season four a woman, right? There was. Yeah, season it took two, them. There was it a took woman. them. Oh, was there? I, what, there was one woman on season four, and Sean was like, "You need a woman to keep them from doing like wacky <laughs> anus play so quickly." And season four ends with her coming out with a bike pump up her ass that somebody else <laughs> has put up their ass, and she doesn't even have a joke. Yes. She's just like, "Is this it?" <laughs> and like that's that's the buzzer the buzzer sounds on her like waddling out with a bike pump up her ass and like nobody laughs and they're like i don't know yeah well uh season two there was a woman and she's very clearly her personality type was like just one of the guys type of girl and so like she did not change the dynamic at all in fact one of her first bits is she goes up and and hands jimmy a pair of her her panties and uh he's like Oh, what is this panties and and then they all look at the panties and one guy goes oh these smell nice oh, and one dude says yeah she fucking does her laundry so what <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that that's w- such a good that would have got me yeah, that would have fucking got me <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh god it was so weird let me tell you about the panties um so they one guy is doing a kimchi bit jimmy does a kimchi bit where he acts like his head got cut and he starts rubbing kimchi on his face and he says, Oh, kimchi fights the itchy. And like, it's, it's like, as like a dad, like a, an aggressive dad joke. And everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then someone wipes the kimchi off his face with the panties. And she does like a full emotional breakdown, like theatrical crying about how they ruined her panties with the kimchi. And so then, uh, Fujimoto takes it over to the sink and starts washing the panties and for some reason, he starts, like, gnawing on it like a rodent. And people start reacting to that, like, why the fuck are you chewing on the panties? 
and he's trying to reason with them like look you you got to get in there with your teeth and they're like that doesn't mean anything they're all so pissed off that he's decided to chew these panties and then they're like you have a fucking wife and you're chewing another man's wife's panties and i swear to god i uh i left 10 minutes straight watching this dude like gnaw on these panties like a rat yeah it is always great and, when and they. I, and I think only she got eliminated i think she's the one who couldn't believe how funny it was <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, like it. Right. I, I like the ones when they pretend like they don't understand what's happening. That always kind of got me when they're like, "Why are you doing this? You, you know why he's right. doing it it's for the you know. for the show." Pure raw animal desperation. That's why. <laughs> Laugh or I will die. Yes, I think uh, <laughs> we should point out that there is no winner at the end of this. They all came here with with. Uh, theoretically 10 grand of their money I, i'm not sure if they actually paid 10 grand of their own money or if that was like uh i believe a, it a, a punishment maybe punishment is such a thing yeah I, re- I read on reddit that it wasn't true but also like it wasn't fair i couldn't corroborate that with anything it was just some dude saying that uh i like to believe that these guys li- literally lost ten thousand dollars of their own money yeah i, I this could have been uh, a one scam. of them is just like, homeless now I, I i love the idea that none of the cameras are hooked up like they don't know they're just doing this and then nope. this guy walks away with their ten thousand dollars yeah yeah nobody it's... nobody wins and nobody gets any money but the money is not refunded and that's how they funded season two <laughs> you'll never convince me that right. isn't true because they no one got the money because at the end the three guys couldn't make each other laugh and there was no like fail safe it's like oh well if there's more than one person left then uh sorry so is there any season where there is just one winner because i feel like that would be extremely difficult to do it is extremely difficult and not all of the seasons have a winner but he later like sean was saying he kind of riffs and builds rules and so later seasons he builds like a point system in where he tracks who gets the other guys to laugh Oh, that's so. If you way get somebody better. laughing and they, and they get a card, yeah, that's then a you huge get points. And at the end, if you all la- if you all ask, whoever wins the the most like points, if it's a standoff. And it clearly, in, even though season one didn't have anyone who did this, it like incentivizes like you know interacting and being aggressive yeah, and, and just doing aggressive. bits. Yeah. So nobody's. It's uh, season one's. That's they're a little more passive. You can see everybody get way more aggressive. Just as it because it's you know it's an eternal escalation at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question about a bit that I would love if, to know if you guys understood this because I didn't at all. Uh, okay. Diasuki, when I think it was what is his name, Kuki, brought a big flag mm-hmm. of Diasuki's face and said that his fans made it for him when he was ill, and then hung it up, and it was like a big banner. Right. Was that <laughs> anything? Yeah. I didn't understand okay. it at all. Yeah. I didn't know if I was like... It's just kind of a weird thing to do, I guess. Like, it's a weird thing to do. And it just sets... I think it's... I think what it actually does, what it accomplishes, and I wouldn't have said that that was the plan, but it sets a really weird mood in the room for a while as everybody tries to play and interact with the banner. Like, this is our thing that we're, mm-hmm. we're going to riff off of or do. And even if nothing comes from that, like... Maybe the unfunniness of that situation might get somebody. It's just anything to put like to put reactions out in the room. Okay. Yeah, I would like to see variations in this show where like they're not allowed to do anything. Like they're handcuffed to a table, so no props. Like oh, I okay, love this is the this is literally just saw now. Yeah, now I just want to do saw. I want to do a funny version of saw. And then it's it's like a funny thing where they saw their own leg off. You know that that bit that old chest. Yeah. That bit. <laughs> like, I can't. And it ends with somebody coming out and being like, you've been punked. And then everybody, oh, I did. I totally ate my own testicles. Einstein, Hunter, Frankfurt. Einstein, Hunter, Frankfurt. It's a podcast, get out. Und mit maximalem Schau. Doc Frankfurt podcast. Correct. Yeah. The craft is nicht trapped, is nicht ohne. Schick die in die Hundesau. Für eine Stunde. One nine hundred hot dog wages war with the help of an elite fighting squad. 
on Demolitions, it's Three Finger Louie, Adam Ruth, Adrian H, Aiden Moet, Alpha Sciences Chavo, Armando Nava, Benjamin Cyranen, Brandon Garlock, Brianne Whitney, Chase McPherson, Children Love the Meat Millie, Dan Bush, the artist formerly known as Devin, David Forn of Dean Costello, Dr. Awkward, Eric Spaulding, Haraka, Jaber Al Aiden, Jamie Gordon, Jeremy Neal, John, John McCammon, Josh Fabian, and Josh S. Ken Paisley, Lyman, Matt Cortez, Matt Riley, Michael Rader, Mike Stiles, Moju, Neil Bailey, Neil Schaefer, Nick Ralston, Nick H., Polly Poisewo, Rhea, Rich Joslin, Timmy Leahy, Toasty God, Yosarian, Zachary Evans, and Zadar Fan. On communications, intelligence, tactical, the vehicle pool, karate research, it's Patrick Herbst, who has just requested a transfer to demolitions.